Welcome back to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. I'm Colin, one half your host. Alongside me, we have Miles Raruka. How you doing, man? Man, we were talking before this. I've been better, but I'm hanging in there, man. Um, you know, football's back here in the state of Nebraska. Uh, maybe not a not maybe not back how we would want it to be. And let's just say I had a little bit of a rough weekend after that. Um, don't remember a whole lot from Saturday or Friday night, really. But um, let's just talk about Chargers football. Get my mind off of it. But yeah, I'm 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 doing all right, man. How are you How are you doing? You know, I am not nearly as invested in Nebraska football, so it's it's not as bad as as it. It's actually not bad at all. So yeah, I mean. I figured that was going to happen. I figured Nebraska would lose, but you know, I just it's I'm numb to it at this point. I'm not nearly as invested into college as I am NFL, and uh, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's Nebraska. I don't know, just what they do now. Yeah, I guess Nebraska, Nebraska, more than Nebraska's ever Nebraska before this weekend. If that makes any sense whatsoever, so. Yeah, that, that led to me. They're kind of similar in some ways to some of those Chargers teams, um, like those notorious Chargers teams that, like, honestly, as recent as probably two years ago with some of the meltdowns and just, like, inventing new ways to lose. It's really insane. Like, it's a phenomenon that needs to be researched more. And, yeah, it's just really bizarre how that team finds ways to lose. It seems like every week so they have some of those similarities to some previous chargers teams which i i there's probably some chargers huskers fans out there listening to this podcast um and uh yeah i mean they they they, they would probably agree with that i would say dude yeah there was there was a course of time where like every weekend was just nothing but disparity. Like I would have a team on Saturday get up by twenty points and still lose, and a team on Sunday get up by the same amount and still lose. Like no, nothing was ever safe. <laughs> I just I was always I was always yeah. you know just I don't know, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here. I got a bit of a black eye, um, and a whole lot of memory loss from everything that happened this weekend. But other than that, I'm chilling. You you paid your dues, you earned your stripes even more, and um, hey, we we've I've been there. I've literally been there before. I've woken up with the black eye, and not knowing what happened. So, yeah, man, it was it was one of those weekends for sure. <laughs> Seeing Snapchats of you uh, on your story had that was that was some good uh, good entertainment for sure. If any of you guys happen to see me in downtown Lincoln Friday or Saturday night, no, you did not. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, you did not. All right, man. Well, uh, special episode today. It's our very, it's our inaugural 53-man roster prediction episode. So we have a decent amount to cover, um, and, and we're going to go down the, the list position by position, and we're going to talk talk training camp, talk Chargers football, and and talk our final prediction for what we hope to see uh, sometime during tomorrow's deadline. So when this episode comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, we will be mere hours away from knowing the, the full 
result of how the roster is going to shake down. And um, yeah, there's a little bit of nerves in the air, to be honest with you. Um, I usually don't get this way around this time of year. You know, it's kind of just like a second thought, but there were some really good competitions in camp this year that, you know, I, I really got invested into and, you know, I really enjoyed following along and um, yeah, you know, unfortunately for some of these guys, they're, you know, they're, football days could be over. I mean, some of these guys that are, you know, not, not necessarily rookies or maybe they are rookies and, you know, this is their, their shot to make a team. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's nerve wracking, but it's also exciting at the same time. Yeah. 100%. We gotta, we gotta dive into that. But first I know that we got an icebreaker. Um, so I know this was your idea, but I'm just going to go ahead and introduce it here. This is kind of how it went. But, um, one, uh, what are you drinking? And two, our icebreaker today is what is your favorite, like, tailgate activity? Like, game, primarily like a game to play at, like a tailgate or, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, what are you drinking and yeah, what is your favorite like tailgate, game tailgate to game. play at tailgate? Yeah, tailgate game. All right. Well, I am drinking, I have a couple different options in front of me. I have a White Claw Blackberry. And I have a white claw strawberry. So my goal is to get both of them down in this episode. And um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I think I'm going to, here, we'll crack this one. There we go. We just cracked the strawberry. Um, I've already had a couple of blackberries over the weekend. And um, yeah, I feel like, you know, need to try something new. I don't Ain't think I've had laws. strawberry all weekend. So. Ain't no laws. That's right. Uh, dude, I'd love, can we just take a second to say I love White Claws. They're amazing. I, I wasn't I wasn't huge on them when they came out, when the whole seltzer alcohol thing like exploded. I was kind of reluctant, hesitant, if you will. But man, I, I'm 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 a claw guy for sure. They go down so easy, they taste good. It's almost like you're drinking water and still getting drunk. It's great. See, that's kind of that's kind of what I would say with Nooners. I'm not huge on claws just because it's too TV staticky for me, but Nooners for sure. I don't know. Not a huge, just not a huge seltzer guy in general over here. But they do go down decently easy sometimes, just kind of depending on the environment in which you're in, in my opinion. So. Yeah, it's a it's a great summer drink. Uh, it's it's just light, crisp, easy. You could it's a type of drink where it's like you could put down ten in like a couple hours and not really notice it. I mean, you would notice it because you'll be fucked up, but I mean, it, it's just they're that easy. So, yeah, man, got got some claws with me, and uh, I'm ready to talk Charger football. So, to answer your question about uh, the icebreaker. I would say my favorite tailgate game, like favorite tailgate game, would have to be Can Jam. Okay, really? Have you you played Can Jam? I know what it is, but I I don't know that I've played it. Yeah, so. so it's it's like there's there's a frisbee involved, so you throw a frisbee, and there's it's kind of like cornhole. It's like a spin on cornhole, but substitute the bags for a frisbee and substitute the board 
with like a little barrel looking thing that has like a slit on the side of it. So you can either get it, like if you throw it and it, it like goes through the slit, then it's worth like, it's kind of like equivalent. To, I can't remember exactly. Other, it's been a while since I played it, but I remember the gist of it. It's kind of like getting a ringer, right? Or uh, like a, I don't know what you call it in cornhole when you just like get it right in the hole. That's yeah. what she said. Yeah. But hey, oh, there's that oh, option okay. or you can, <laughs> there's that option or you can have your partner like try to hit it into the the barrel, which also counts as points, less points. But anyways, you're basically, you know, as a team, as partners, you're, you're set up across from each other, similar to, to cornhole. So you're not like side by side. That would be the opponent you're playing. But super fun game. Um, involves some athleticism, a little bit more than cornhole, I would say. So, uh, you know, have a drink in your hand and have a Frisbee in the other hand. And it's a, it's a, it's a great way to, to tailgate. It's a great way to pass time before a game. And it, it it's just fun. I, I love it. I've played it a few times at a few uh, Husker tailgates. And uh, really, that's, you know, kind of my history with it. But, yeah, Can Jam is a great tailgate game. Yeah, I love that answer. I've never played it, but I, I do need to hop on that. Um, to start off for me, I – you guys are going to think I'm a little bitch, but I am drinking water for the second straight episode. Water, and <laughs> I got some uh, cough drops as well. Um, I'm still in recovery mode, guys. Leave me alone. Um, it was a rough weekend, but um, I'm recovering currently. I also don't, I think I also finished my entire case this weekend. So yeah, gonna have to make a trip to the store at some point. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm drinking. That's what I'm yeah. going with. Um, I've been just down in water. Like it's no one's business the last 24, 48 hours. Um, <clears throat> but my, my go-to tailgate game is also one that involves a Frisbee. It is Polish horseshoes. Please tell me, you know what Polish horseshoes Ooh. is. Oh, dude, that's a, that's one of my faves. I fucking love Polish horseshoes. I love me some Polish horseshoes. So essentially, for those of you that don't know, because like every game's got different, like some people call it something else. Yeah, it, um, Polish it horseshoes. Could be the same is, game, but you have a different it, name. Yeah, you have two PVC pipes, probably like what would you say, like fifteen yards away from each other, ten yards away from each other. Yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah, yeah. and then you put a bottle on top of them, an empty bottle. And essentially, the goal of the game is you and your teammate stand on the same side and you throw the Frisbee. And if the Frisbee, if the other team doesn't catch the Frisbee, it's one point. If the Frisbee hits the pole and the and the bottle and the Frisbee fall down, it's three. And if it's just one of them does, then it's two. So... Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be kind of creative. You gotta know how to throw a frisbee. That's not my greatest asset in life is my ability to throw a frisbee, but <clears throat> I do love that game. I love that game. It's like got really good hand eye coordination because you gotta be able to catch the catch the bottle and catch the frisbee, or else the other team's gonna run it up on you. So, but that's that's been my favorite for yeah. years. Here. Yeah, that's a great great yard game, tailgate game in general. I just uh, that's that's a fun one. I. I thought about that one too. It had crossed my mind. I haven't played it 
uh, in a long time, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a good one, man. Classic. It's like, per, it's perfect for like, that uh, that or, well, no, I went, I'm not, I'm not taking beer dye in consideration cause that would be my one, but, um, it's perfect for like a perfect game for like, like a yard you know, game. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Polish Horseshoe's perfect if you're going to, like, the river or something. You know, we live here in Nebraska. We do all that yeah. hit kind of shit. We go to the river for fun and all that. So, yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite, though. Yeah, no, that's – yeah, that's that's a great answer. That was – that's one of my faves. I, I almost said that, but, um, no, yeah, that, those are great. Anything that involves a Frisbee, really. So, good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk roster prediction here. Let's get into it. Let's – Let's dig in and, um, you know, what I, I think what we can do is uh, we can go position by position and each share our own um, roster predictions and uh, just go from there. And as the, the, you know, we'll put it out, we'll put the episode out and first thing in the morning. And as you guys are listening to this, um, you know, it'll probably, it, it'll be close to the deadline or it might even be after the, the deadline when we, when we find out. Um, who is going to going to make the roster. So um, let's start with quarterback and this one should be relatively easy, but you know uh, we can, we can talk about how we feel um, you know, how we, how each of us feel uh, after our predictions and you know, whether or not like other factors, you know, we, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's just, let's just go through them. No, let's, All let's, right. let's get into it. Starting All right, so quarterbacks. 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 You want me to go first? You want to go first? How we want to do this? Uh, You go first. All right. Quarterbacks. Basically, essentially, no one's out for quarterback. I think we roll with three QBs. Don't love it necessarily, but I think that we still do. So Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, Easton Stick, holding down that position. Um, Personally, I think if one of them were to get cut, it would be – See, I want to say Daniel over Stick, but realistically, it might be Stick over Daniel only because Daniel's like the greatest backup quarterback of all time. So, but realistically, I think all three Is of them though? remain on this. Well, like when I say greatest backup quarterback of all time, he's like made the most money of any backup like ever and has played like yeah. an insignificant downs in his NFL career. So like you got to love the hustle. Yeah, no, that, that I knew. Um, yeah, I, I had the same thing. I, I don't think that's, it's not a surprise to people. I just think it's, it, there are a decent amount of fans out there that would prefer the chargers to only carry two. Uh, and for a couple of reasons, I mean, if you're carrying three, um, you know, that's potentially a roster spot you're taking away from another position somewhere on the roster. Um, and you know, I I think you could make an argument that hey if Herbert goes down it doesn't fucking matter who we have out there like the season is pretty much lost at that point um and it, it just doesn't matter if it's Stick if it's Daniels uh I think and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say you know Wave Stick he's put out some pretty bad tape I'm pretty sure no one's going to be jumping at the bit to to sign this guy off waivers so he should be available to be on the practice squad, and, and you can still stash him there. Um, and in case of an emergency, you, you you would always be able to 
elevate him to the the 53 man at some point. So that's kind of where I'm at with the three, but I mean, they're going to, the Chargers are going to roll with three. That's just the way that, you know, it's, it's been during the Telesco regime and, and, um, you know, with stick and Daniels being pretty much so close to the same level of production. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I wish they would keep two. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. But let's let's just, it's not what's gonna happen, unfortunately. So I mean, I guess that makes it easier on us right now making our predictions. Like we don't have to worry about that position whatsoever. So, but yeah, I I wish that they kept yeah. two as well. Again, I one hundred percent agree with you. If something if something were to happen to our Lord and Savior Justin Herbert, then our our season sunk regardless. So what's the point of keeping? Yeah, different dude. What's the point of keeping two other ones behind him? So, right, like you got to keep one at least. I mean, that's obvious. You got to have you know a backup plan. Um, but if the backup plan goes down a couple weeks later, like who gives a fuck? Like literally, throw Keenan Allen out there. I mean, no, don't do that. But you know, it's like please don't do that. It wouldn't matter at that point. So, yeah, they'll keep three, and we'll have to, you know scratch our heads at it again for another year. And, and, um, you know, it's all right. Stick is, I think done enough to prove that he should be at least a backup. I just don't think that there should be three. So moving on to running back, um, I'll go ahead and start us off with this one. So I have, I have the chargers keeping Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and Larry Roundtree, uh, four running backs on the roster. And, Rightfully so. I, I I still think, I mean, Joshua Kelly did step up and appear to win the the running back two battle, uh, but you know they're they're gonna need gonna need depth and they're going to, you know, someone's gonna go down at that at that position at some point. It just always happens. Yeah, um, we're actually going to disagree here. Um, I think that we carry three. Holy shit. There was just a loud bang in my house. But uh, I think we carry three to start the year. I don't think Larry Roundtree makes it come tomorrow. I think that's going to be one of those cuts that's surprising because I think that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. But, like, Larry Roundtree just really hasn't been good at all this offseason. And I think running back comes down to one of those things where if we do see um, one of those top three guys as an Eckler, Spiller, or Kelly go down, it's going to be kind of a, you know, mid-season signing or call someone up from the practice squad or something along those lines. But I just don't think Roundtree's put anything different out on paper um, this preseason than yeah. we've seen from him in the past. So I, I just – I don't think – I think Roundtree's on the chopping block come tomorrow. Could be. I don't see him getting cut. Um, I think – yeah, I, I think just for depth purposes, they, they keep four um, – but yeah, we'll see. That that's all right. So I hope you have yours written down because I have mine written down. So we're gonna. We're, this is something that we'll we'll post um, when the predictions come out to see where where we were. But all right. So we we have a little different opinion on running back. But let's move on to fullback because I think we'll both be on the same page with this one. Who you got at, at fullback? Yeah, I, I unfortunately I love. Love Gabe Neighbors, love the brisket, bro, but they're going to give – we're not keeping two fullbacks on this team, and they're going to give 
the younger, uh, more explosive Xander Horvath, uh, this position going forward. Yeah, and as they should. I mean, he's proven himself in camp. Um, he's looked good in some preseason action, and he's just a bigger, stronger, faster fullback. And um, you know, I think he'll provide more versatility to this team. He's he's one of those guys I'm really excited to see. I think he be I think he's potential to come a fan become a fan favorite. And um, yeah, just really looking forward to seeing him in action. It'll be very refreshing to to hopefully see a, a good quality. And I'm not trying to bash on neighbors or any, or anyone else that's played that position for us over the last couple of years or so. You know, Steven Anderson got all, got some snaps there um, as a kind of a tight end fullback combo. But I think the Chargers really haven't had a legit fullback since shoot, probably like Jacob Hester, Leslie O'Neill. No, yeah, Jacob. Uh, Mike Tolbert, man. Put some respect on my man's name. He was more of a, just like a, a bigger running back. He was kind of like our own little mini, like, yes, yeah, Jerome Bettis. Yeah, no, you're probably you're probably but, right. I just love Mike Tolbert, but. Yeah, and and, and Hester came, came after Lorenzo Neal, so, he, I mean, that he's technically more recent. So, but yes, I mean, I think Lorenzo Neal – is first to almost every fan's mind when they think great chargers fullback. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch Xander Horvath. And I think, you know, neighbors will be on the practice practice squad. Wouldn't be surprised if we still see him in a couple games this year. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So we're both in agreement there. Let's move on to uh, receivers, which this position breaks my heart. Um, but man, I just, I just don't know that there's a spot on this roster for Michael Bandy as much as I love the kid, as much as he's shown everything that he can on paper this off season. Um, you know, you really got a feel for the guy. It feels like he's done everything that he can to make this roster, but I just think we roll with five. And I think those five are Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and DeAndre Carter and Bandy, Jason Moore, Joe Reed, uh, just they just missed the cut, unfortunately. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think those five are going to be on the roster. The thing that really sucks about Michael Bandy is he's put so much good preseason tape out there that he's not going to make it through waivers, and, and he won't be on our practice squad because someone else is going to going to claim this guy. I mean, he's he's been really good and. I think the writing the writing was on the wall for Michael Bandy during throughout camp and preseason when we we weren't seeing him get a lot of opportunities on special teams and that's really how you make a roster as as one of those back end you know uh, wide receiver linebacker tight ends like the, the you're gonna make the roster not only because you're serviceable as a tight end or a receiver or whatever position you're playing, but you also provide value on special teams, right? And we'll talk about that throughout the, the predictions, but I mean, not seeing him on special teams was kind of writing on the wall for me to being like, Hey, they, they probably won't keep this guy. Um, they should keep him. I mean, he absolutely should make this roster over someone like Easton stick 
or uh, number 99 for God's sake, but he's probably not going to make it. And that sucks. That, that sucks. Um, hopefully we're wrong, but yeah, man, I, I agree with you. It's just, it's, this is one of the reasons why I am so nervous for, for the deadline tomorrow is because of guys like Michael Bandy um, and, and some of these position battles that we got to see develop over, over camp. Yeah, dude, it's 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 kind of one of those things where I think that uh, the our fans just have kind of loved the guy through this preseason, and like he's just been someone that we've all been rooting for ever since he showed up that first preseason game. But man, it, it the thing that just really yeah. sucks is it's like what more what more could he do? Could have he done? He just he took advantage of the opportunities that were given to him, and like that's all that we could ask for him. And he's there's still probably just not going to be a spot, which is just too bad. Yeah. It is too bad, man. It, it it's it sucks, but who knows? You know, we're not the ones making this decision, so we might be surprised. We just gotta wait and see. But um, yeah, we're we're both in agreement as far as the five that we we're keeping um, on our on our prediction. So wide receiver is the same. Moving on to tight end, uh, and I. I think we'll agree on this one, but this was actually one of those positions where I, I saw some of the, you know, beat writers were, were a little different on this, and and some of them, uh, went, you know, that, it was an interesting position to look at across all the beat writers because no one really agreed. But the three I have on the roster are Gerald Everett, Donald Parham Jr., and Trey McKitty. Who do you have? Yeah, we're we're in complete agreement there. Um, there's just there's a really wide gap between those three and like dudes like Camp Moyer or Crom and Hoke or Surratt, who actually already got cut today. So there's an extremely large gap between the top three and the bottom three, and we're gonna keep the top three every time. Yeah, yeah, I know Camp Camp Moyer. There's a Camp Camp Moyer or Camp Hoyer? Camp Moyer. Yeah. Camp Moyer. Yeah, he was he was the one that I saw a couple beat writers had in there as a fourth um fourth tight end making the roster. A couple of them just had the three, uh Everett Parham and McKitty. So uh that's that's where I saw a little bit of indifference um at the tight end position. But yeah, I think Everett Parham and McKitty are locks to make it in this group and rightfully rightfully so Everett, you know, I'm really excited to see what he provides to the offense, just his athleticism and his yards after catch ability is something that we all knew this off season was going to be a big boost for, for this offense. So, um, Donald Parham, you know, hopefully he's, he's coming back soon. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him for the first quarter of the year. I mean, if we, if he misses four or five weeks from the jump, I wouldn't really, I mean, I, I, I would believe you just based on his hamstring and, you know, if they want to go the cautious route and, you know, I, I, part of me hates to see Parham miss some time, but part of me is excited for the opportunity that that could create for a guy like Trey McKitty to get some more snaps. Yeah. Trey McKitty is somebody that we have not seen hardly anything out of so far in his NFL career. So I'm a huge Parham fan personally. But it will be it will be kind of nice just to see someone else, you know, get that get that kind of opportunity. 
Yeah, yeah. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, so we have the same three tight ends as well. Um, moving on to the offensive line group. And if you want, we can go, well, we can break it down position by position, um, or we can just throw them all out there. I'll go ahead and start. Let's just, I'll go down the line. So left tackle starting is going to be, okay. So my starting left tackle, I got Rashawn Slater. Starting left guard, Filer. Starting center, Corey Lindsley. Starting right guard, Zion. Starting right tackle, Trey Pipkins. Um, I have Storm Norton behind Trey Pipkins. I have Jamari Sawyer as a backup guard. I have Brandon Hymas as a backup guard. Will Clapp as the backup center. And that is it. Wow. Really? Yeah, so I have in total, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine linemen. Yeah, because that's my that's my exact same lineup. So, yeah, really no surprises there. I think it's kind of like the tight end group where, well, I see, I mean, I could, I could understand maybe someone like Will Clapp has not looked great this offseason in the preseason games. At least that first one, he didn't look great. He cleaned it up a little bit week two. But- he had a- yeah, he had we a good bounce back him. performance. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere, especially right after we just signed him a few months ago. But so uh, the people I got out would be Zach Bailey, Foster Sorrell, and Ryan Hunter. So I don't really think that there's anything yep. surprising there within that group. Yeah, no, I mean, look, this is a group that that has to prove themselves. Um, you know, they're going to have a it's. Overall, it's going to be a very good unit. Um, injuries, you know, uh, excluded. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's still a lot of proving to do for for some guys on this line. I mean, right tackle has been a huge issue all offseason and, 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 you know, training camp battle and, you know, everything that's gone into it. Um, so that's obviously going to be something that's going to be looked at and watched quite closely. Um, I think guys like you know, Jamari Sawyer and Brandon Hymas, knock on wood, but I, I get the feeling that we're going to see them um, in game action this year. Uh, you know, it's, it's the NFL. Guys are going to get banged up, not necessarily get lost for a season, but, you know, um, th- there are some younger guys on this line that are, are going to have a chance to step up and, and um, you know, c- cement themselves as as you know, guys on this roster going forward. Yeah. Um, just not really no surprises that stick out to me in the offensive line group um, of people who, I mean, I, I couldn't really see anybody else making this roster, but I couldn't really see anyone else getting cut just from this list in front of me. Uh, everyone's just kind of proved yeah. their point throughout this off season so far. And well, except for like guys like Rashawn Slater, who was an all pro his rookie year. So I don't think he needs to prove too much more in order to make yeah. this roster. But uh, with that, I think that concludes well, and that it, wraps up the offense for us. Uh, you got anything else? Yeah. And one thing I was going to add just as a, as a point in general is a lot of this roster going into camp was already made up, right? A lot of these position groups, like the offensive line group, tight end group, receiving group 
I mean, there really wasn't any room. There was no competition really for those groups. There's some outside competition that's always healthy and, you know, it, it brings a certain energy and level to, to practice every day. But I mean, there's only like one or two groups on this entire roster that is really, or at least going into camp where there was a little bit of uncertainty like, well, you know, they have the, the good, you know, two or three guys, but what about the depth part of it? So yeah, offensive line is just one of those, those groups that was already kind of set in stone and there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for, for some of these guys to even have a chance, but yeah, that, that concludes our offensive side of the ball. Moving on to the defensive side, we'll, we'll start, uh, right where we picked up with the line. So defensive line, um, I have Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Otito Ogbania, Christian Covington, and Braden Fajeko making the roster for the Chargers. Damn. No more 99, huh? No more 99. Uh, this was one of... This is one I, I went back and forth on for a bit, and I know it's going to probably go against what a lot of the the writers and media have out there. But uh, like I said, it's this is my roster prediction, so this is who I would prefer to see um, break camp on the roster, and that doesn't include number ninety nine. So um, yeah, I, I, Joe Gaziano did cross my mind. I still think he is he he's just he's beat out by just the competition. I think he would have had a roster spot think, if we didn't go nuts this offseason and get guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox. I mean, they just kind of stack the deck again in front of him. So it's not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just it's it's way too crowded at the moment. Yeah, man, I, I honestly, that's not my lineup. I'll give you mine in a second, but, like, I, I hope you're right. I just don't think, going back on the point of Gaziano, I just don't think, I think Gaziano's still a little too raw. You know, I think this is only his fourth year. Yeah. Um, I think this is his fourth year, that sounds right. But uh, he's just a little too raw still. We just haven't seen a ton out of him. But so my defensive line, I got SJD, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Otito Agbania, Brian Fioco. Christian Covington, and unfortunately, I do think that Jerry Tillery makes this roster. I hope I'm wrong. If he gets cut tomorrow, I'm throwing a parade. Wait, so, but you have seven guys or six guys cracking the roster. I have seven the, guys. D-line. I have seven guys on my D line. Ooh, interesting. I think, that, okay. I think Covington sneak. I think Covington sneaks in. If I were to cut someone down to six, I would hope to God it's. 99 but i just i just don't think it's there quite yet yeah uh yeah that, think, that's interesting that, that that's going to affect how our the rest of some of these groups break down because that's an extra spot right there so um we'll see but i also you okay, gotta remember i, like I took one out for the i took one out for the running back position so uh that's true okay i only have okay. three, run, I have three running measure. backs and seven D linemen so but Okay. Yeah. So there, that's, there's that's just what I yeah, think. There's the makeup. Yeah, I I hope that you're right about Tillery, but I just I don't know. I just think it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
So with that, let's move on. Is yep. that every, is that you got everything from inter- interior uh, defensive line? Yep, I'm good. All right, let's move on. Edge rushers. I think I want to say this one's. I at first I was going to say this one's pretty easy, but mm, all right. Well, let's just go with my my. I got my edge rushers at Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, and Chris Rumpf. Yep, this is another another one we're going to agree on. Um, I just with Kyle Van Noy on this roster at some point, he is going to be a hybrid player. Um, he, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how long they commit to him at uh, or as an off ball linebacker. Um, he'll probably play him in some of it all year because he's he's a guy that can do both. But as far as I mean, they're they're just keeping him as a linebacker, you know, to start the season. So it it's just going to be interesting to see how long that commitment lasts until they start throwing him on the edge. Maybe they do it as early as week one. Maybe he's just been lining up, you know, at, at linebacker. And he he's one of those guys where he's a seasoned vet. You know, he doesn't need a week or two to, you know, get reps at, at a position to get comfortable again. I mean, he's lined up there so many times. He's, you know, he'll be able to do both, I think, from a pretty early standpoint. But um, because of that, yeah, I just don't see the Chargers carrying more than than three uh, edge edge rushers. Yeah, um, other people, other any notable names that were out would be Emik Eggbull, who actually did already get cut today. Um, Carlo Kemp would be out, and then Jamal Davis was a guy that a lot of people were pretty high on going into camp, and he looked like he showed some flashes. But again, I just don't think that. I like your point with Van Noy. I mean, we could see we could see Troy Reader even go to an edge position at some point uh, this year, uh, bearing yeah. the defense in which he's playing. But um, yeah, I just don't think that there's room for more than three. So we're in complete agreement there. Which brings us to the linebackers. Who you got? Yeah, and so my interior linebackers. I have Kyle Van Noy, Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader. Kenneth Murray Jr. and or Kenneth Murray, Nick Neiman, and Otito Ogbagabaga, blah, 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 blah. You mean Amen Ogbagamiga? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I said Otito. Amen. Yeah, I always forget his seven. first name. I, I can't even say his last name, but it's. It's all I really can. The first like Ogbong, that that's that's all I got, and then it just like I lose it. But him, that dude, yeah. yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six linebackers, and well, tell me yours, and then I'll, I'll elaborate on my six. Did you say Nick Neiman? Yes, I do have him making the okay. roster. Yeah, then we got we're we're in agreement here on the linebackers as well. I got KVN. Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, Nick Neiman, and Agbagamiga. I think I kind of, I think I kind of just killed that actually. But uh, Agbangba, it's like Agbangbamiga, Bamiga. I don't know. I just go Agbangbamiga. There you go. Um, just go aim and O. Yeah, and aim and O. Yeah, so aim and O and Nick Neiman. Those are guys. I I I think the only reason Amen. O is on this team is because of his special teams ability. Same with Nick Neiman. Uh, Nick Neiman can also ball out ball out a little bit, 
um, at linebacker. We've seen him have, make some nice plays. Um, but, uh, yeah, these are two guys that are, are primarily going to make the squad because of the value they provide on special teams. I think Nick Neiman played the most special team snaps last season for the Chargers, and I want to say I saw somewhere where Eamon O was fourth. So you might not have noticed him, you know, um, down to down very much, but these guys have got a lot of playing time in on special teams and, and were two key components of that unit. So that's the main reason they they cracked the roster. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. That's basically what I was going to go for is just two great pieces for special teams. Uh, so that would mean that kids that are out would be Cole Christensen and Tyreek Maddox-Williams, two guys we don't know a ton about, nothing really surprising there. But, yeah, those special, those two just bring so much value when it comes to special teams that they, they got to stick around, I think. Yeah, and I, I more so Nick Neiman than Amon O, but I you know Nick Neiman has proved to be a nice little backup linebacker at times, and um, you know I, I just haven't I haven't seen enough Amon O to really say he's one trash or two he's you know he's a solid depth piece. So um, yeah, I, I just right now they're you know they're good enough to provide value on special teams, and you know they're serviceable backup player so they'll make it yeah uh we're both in agreement. we really haven't had too much difference so far um i think that might change here though when we go and talk about the defensive backs let's hear them who you got yeah so i think this was the the main group on really the entire roster that had the most up for grabs uh the most potential for you know kind of playing like yeah musical chairs on some of these positions but uh, i have you know the obvious ones being jc jackson derwin james bryce callahan asante samuel jr michael davis alohi gilman nasir adderley jasir taylor jt woods and wait for it dean leonard Wow. That's who I got. You got Dean Leonard over Mark Webb, huh? I do. All right. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, Here's mine for you. I got J.C. Jackson, Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis, Sante Samuel Jr., Jasir Taylor, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, J.T. Woods, Mark Webb, and Dean Leonard. So how many do you have total? So, I had I have ten total, just like you, but I'm taking Alohi Gilman out instead of Mark Webb. Oh, that's see for me that's bold because Webb has been hurt and Gilman is I think has more trust from the coaching staff. Being you know he saw a decent amount of playing time last year and he's going into year three now, which I believe you know they not that he's expected to make a big jump, but. Uh, I just think right now, you know, if he's been getting a lot of reps in camp and he's not hurt, he, there's no way safety depth alone. Like he's not, he's he's probably going to start, bro. Like I, that's, I, I like that's your you. that, that That's a bold. I that's just, the first bold I think move I've I've heard out of your mouth so far. 
I like to be a little bit bold, man. You know, I like to, you know, I heard your list, honestly. And then I was like, you know what? You're going to like this then. But I mean, we've talked before in the past. Aloe Gilman just kind of exists sometimes. And that's, this is kind of my bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, Aloe doesn't make the team. But I think just, the trade off with that, though, is that like for a guy like Alohi, there's a guy on the same field as him doing three times more than him. And that's, and that kind of makes up for it. And, and that guy being Derwin James. I mean, we always talk about and, and praise him for being kind of that chess piece that you can move anywhere and he, and he can excel anywhere. And I mean, what that does is not only, I mean, that's, provides value for your defense but that's also going to you know take him away from his you know i don't know when to say his true position but it is i mean that's what he's listed as you know he's he's not your everyday safety he you know he only lines up back there a handful of times per game you know he's in the box he's on the line he's rushing the quarterback he's you know playing in the slot like dude is just doing everything so you know that's gonna allow someone to be on the field to, to cover deep and uh right now the the best i mean i in my opinion the best uh deep ball safety they have after derwin and nas is alohi and that's it's honestly kind of sucks that that's their depth because i mean I, I look at a guy like rashawn jenkins and if he were still on this roster this team would be fucking ready to go on the back end. I mean, they they're they're already pretty set, but I mean that I mean, yeah, Alohi is a guy that just kind of exists, but I think he's all they really have there. Mark Webb, I left him off because like they 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 like him, and I could very well be wrong. They they'll they might and they probably will keep him instead of Dean Leonard. Um, but I got arguments for both guys, so you know, Webb Web can't stay healthy, and the best of the best ability is availability. And Dean Leonard's a, a rookie pick that you invested a draft pick in. So, uh, are you really going to let him just go to the practice squad? I don't know. Like I, Dean Leonard has shown shown flashes, and if he's going to be on the field, um, I'll take him over over Mark Webb. I know they play different positions, but. I have the same kind of feeling towards Mark Webb that I do with some of these guys, whereas you could cut him and he's been hurt. He almost has no tape. No one's going to claim him. No one knows him. You can still keep him on the practice squad, develop him throughout the year. And then if someone goes down, there he is. Yeah. See, I'm just, I'm just a fan. I know you're right. The best ability is availability, but I've, I've just been really a big fan of what Mark Webb has put out there on film so far this off season, I think that it's kind of like a Michael Bandy situation where I think that he's kind of done what he can. And I, I, I might be biased cause I've been pulling for him and I've also been pulling for Dean Leonard. So I got, I do have them making the roster. So that means I think out of us two main names that are left out are Keemon Hall, Brandon Sebastian, Raheem Lane, Ben DeLuca and Michael Jacket. Um, and you also left yep. out um um uh Mark Webb and I left out Alohi. So I don't know, it's gonna be yep. interesting. That is my that is kind of my bold take of the day. Um is that I don't think Alohi's making this roster. Um I think Mark Webb does instead. But again, 
we're not going to know till tomorrow. I just, I like, I really just kind of have really enjoyed what I've seen out of Mark Webb this off season. So that's, that's kind of why I'm making that pick over Alohi, who has, you know, kind of had his time to prove himself. And Alohi's never been somebody that I've always thought as I've thought of as like a liability necessarily, but he just doesn't really do much. So that's why I made that pick. Yeah. He's one of those guys I think you'd be rooting for to to make it to take a step forward in year three, um, and and really be a nice little surprise, you know. So, yeah, that that wraps up my defensive back group. Um, I think all we have left to cover is special teams. Yeah, and I I think that's pretty pretty easy for us. Um... Yeah, you got Dustin Hopkins, kicker, J.K. Scott, punter, and Josh Harris, long snapper. And I don't really know if there's much argument to be made about any of those positions. So, yeah, that that those are locked in for myself as well. Um, really, no competitions throughout camp. Um, really, no. I mean, Josh Harris has been a Pro Bowl long snapper. They acquired him in the off season. Um, so the the day they announced that, you knew who the long snapper was going to be. Uh, I think pretty much same thing with J.K. Scott. And once they announced that Ty Long wasn't coming back, um, you know, he's pretty much had the position since he's been announced. And Dustin Hopkins, man, whew, I guess we'll, we'll we'll roll into the season with him. Hopefully, man, he he can pick up where he left off last season because he was a nice surprise for us. Um, he was a steady leg that we'd been searching for and so it was really kind of un unnerving it's unsettling to see him struggle a little bit in camp and preseason this year um so yeah hoping the best for for that unit um at times and i know this isn't necessarily on on the on the kickers the punters the long snappers um you know the coverage units and and all that you know they they at times I'm talking about just special teams as a whole, but you know, they looked good in preseason and then they looked like a nightmare. So it's going to be, I think another season of growing pains on special teams. I think it'll be better than last year overall as a unit, but don't expect this unit to be top 10, probably not even top 15. Yeah. I don't know. Again, Hopkins was really nice piece for us last year he's a vet he's been in the league for a while he I mean I would think that he would know how to make some kicks but just anybody that's a Chargers kicker is is gonna scare the shit out of me just because that's just a position that I just think we just suffer so much PTSD from that like it doesn't matter what report comes out I'm always going to be nervous whenever there's lining up for a field goal or even an extra point sometimes so yeah yeah I yeah, I agree. I mean, hope for the best and uh, prepare for the worst, I think, is, is the best way to kind of treat the, the special teams unit. Yeah, uh, 100%. That's going to be a – that's going to be a – I like what we've seen out of J.K. Scott, though. Um, his hang time has been a nice feature. Um, and those are definitely some underrated stats yeah. that can swing a football game every now and then. But, yeah, again, I'm not going to – I'm not going to worry about it too much until – you know, we we start the season like 0 for 3 on field goals or something, which I hope to God doesn't happen. But just knowing, knowing Chargers football, who knows? Or, you know, give up 
a touchdown, a kick return or a punt return at a crucial time in the game where, you know, it allows a team to get back into it, whatever it is. Um, I just hope overall they improve from last year. And, um, you know, I think any Chargers fan would just be happy and, and would definitely take like a middle of the pack as, as far as statistics go, special teams unit. So, um, but yeah, excited to see Harris, Scott. Um, those are new additions to this this unit. Uh, Hopkins, we've, we're a little familiar with now, um, is gonna is gonna be back there, hopefully sealing games for us and and putting games out of reach. Yeah, for sure, man. It's let's see. I think we're we're what now, 13, 13 days away from uh, season opener opener against Vegas. So. Time's ticking. Twenty four hours from now, we're gonna know. We're gonna know the all fifty three that'll be suiting up for that game. So, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I'm looking dude. forward to it, man. I'm so so dude, stoked. Same. We're so close. No preseason games left. We just have, I believe, thirteen days from now. It'll be twelve days from tomorrow when this episode is out. And yeah, man. I mean, it's it's here. Um, that that's it. That's our fifty-three man roster predictions. Our inaugural fifty-three man roster predictions. A um, little bit of uh, difference and in, in yours and mine, but all, all together very similar. Like I said, this team has kind of been set for a while now. You know, you always want to leave it up to good competition and 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 let guys you know earn their spots. But a lot of these spots on this roster were already penciled in and and earned, quote unquote. Um, going into camp so there's really only a few few small areas uh where guys could scratch and claw and 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 make it onto this team but um yeah we'll we'll find out tomorrow for sure um and our next episode which will drop on friday we'll have uh our reactions to the, the the roster breakdown maybe some surprises and maybe some disappointments that we can talk about as well um but yeah man just an exciting little bit of nerve-wracking time uh before we we know the the 53 guys that we're rolling with heading into week one yeah man um again i'm i'm just i'm just pumped tis the season baby so heck yeah man well let's get out of here while we can so Thank you so much, Bolt fam, for tuning in to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our 53-man roster predictions. Um, if you guys are listening to this, um, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA. Uh, message us, tweet us, reply to our, our our threads. Let us know who you guys think the Chargers will keep and who they won't keep. And um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Peace.